Hello, everybody. This is the Winter is Here, a Game of Thrones podcast. I'm Andre Kless, and I'm here with my co-host, Diana Kennis. Hey, everyone. Hey there. And uh, our co-host, John, our fearless leader, is not with us tonight. He is down in Miami on business, uh, doing a little finance, doing a little uh, networking, a little podcast networking also. I'm jealous. Definitely. I was in Miami. He's in Miami. We're... Here I am in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah, this uh, beautiful this time of year. <laughs> Thought it is gorgeous part of the year. Um, so, have you gotten a chance to rewatch the episode from this yes. past week? Fact, interesting point to mention about that. This is the first time in my life that I've ever thought an episode of a show was so good that I watched it a second time really? in the same week. Yes. See, I do that every week. I have I have rewatched I have rewatched older seasons of shows, you know, a couple yeah. of years later. Oh, let me rewatch, you know, earlier seasons of the show. But this was the first time that in the same week I've been like, you know what, that episode was so good, wow. I want to watch it again. So this so is I watched the, it again. So of all the episodes so this is the first time you watched it twice in one week. So I, I watch every episode almost twice every week. Like oh, every Sunday week? nights. Yeah. Sunday nights I'll watch uh-huh. it. And then I'll watch it again during the week. Because it's just like I feel like there's so much I miss. Like I put I turn on the subtitles, I like and maybe I just overanalyzed it like crazy, but to me, I always yeah. watch it twice. But I haven't got a chance to watch the whole thing again, so you should this do that. Is all, you, all fresh in your mind, then. Yes, um, yes, it is. So we'll have. I, I guess what we can talk about this uh, during this podcast is uh, what's going on at Winterfell and what's going on at Dragonstone, because those were idea. the two settings. Those were the the two settings that this episode took place in and uh winterfell was kind of the first i want to say 30 percent of the episode and then everything at dragonstone yeah or not not necessarily dragonstone but the battle yeah um, and what was going on with daenerys and john that was sort of the uh, the remainder of the episode so why don't we start off by talking about winterfell all right winterfell those really kind of interesting kind of weird moments some awkward moments but some tender moments yes. first thing that was awkward to me was Littlefinger and bran that whole conversation. What do you think was Littlefinger's goal in giving Bran the dagger that he was almost killed by? Yeah. Uh, so the dagger seems like it has some special significance that yeah. we ha- has yet to be determined. Uh, it seems like the reason they keep alluding to it and showing it um, is because there's some sort of possible significant foreshadowing of something that's to come with that dagger. Uh, so in terms of why he gave it to Bran, I, I think he had, I think he, Littlefinger kind of was planning to play Bran the same way that he played little Robin in the Vale. Uh-huh. So he, he kind of wanted to treat him like this little boy thinking he could be bought with this fun, cool, awesome gift. And therefore yeah. he could be manipulated being that he can't really manipulate John or Sansa right now. And then he ended up just being put in his place by Bran's yeah. reaction. Do you think that Littlefinger – well, okay, so Bran said to Littlefinger – we talked about this a lot of podcasts, like, you know, chaos is a ladder. He repeated that that line to him, one of, you know, Littlefinger's favorite things to say. Right. Do you think it means that he thinks Bran and Sansa talked about it or he just got freaked out some supernatural thing that, like, oh, wow, how did he know I said that? I, I think it was too specific of a thing for, you know, Sansa to bring up to Bran in conversation. Yeah. Oh, by the way, a couple of years ago, I had this conversation with Littlefinger and he told me chaos was a ladder. You know, I can't really see that happening. So I, I'm more well, I mean, inclined to think. He said it last week, too. 
but to Sansa. Yeah, I, I think didn't uh, I could be wrong. I thought he said what? it last week, right? Right I before the whole Bran chaos, showed up. Uh, I thought the chaos is a ladder. I thought uh, it was something he says a lot. It, it, it either was something that he said a lot, or it was something that he said a couple seasons ago uh, to Sansa back when he was rescuing her originally. Um, yeah. But I'll have to look into that. But either way, I, I don't. I don't think that he he assumes that Bran heard about it from Sansa. I think he is creeped out by the fact that it's something. Yeah. It's something that only someone with magical powers potentially would know, <laughs> like cool. Bran. Going back to the dagger itself, it we know that it's a Valyrian steel dagger. Yes. And so it has some significance, obviously, to the war between the living and the dead. But and there seems to be there there seems to be some they keep keep focusing on the origins possibly yeah. of this dagger. Was it a so, Targaryen dagger, possibly? You know So as far as I know, there is no real book answer to the origins of the dagger but it seems to be thought or the most believed theory seems to be that um it belonged to robert baratheon and joffrey joffrey then inherited it upon his father's or quote-unquote father's death and joffrey was the one who then uh paid the uh cutthroat to try to kill bran with the dagger so that's the most well-believed theory, which is kind of boring when you think about it. But where it came from before Robert Baratheon, if that's even who it belonged to, is is the question. Maybe it was passed down to the, uh, you know, to whoever the monarch was. Robert Baratheon has some Targaryen blood. Maybe, you know, that's how he had the best claim of all the non-Targaryens. That's how he became king during the rebellion. Maybe at that point it passed to him. It could be. That would be interesting if it has some sort of Targaryen parentage the other thing that's weird that was something from earlier this season do you remember the scene where um sam sam tarley is in the citadel and he's reading uh the books that he got from the restricted area and yes. there's an illustration he's, he's turned to the pages that dagger i'm 90 percent sure i would say 95 percent sure that that dagger appears in one of the one of the illustrations in one of those books. Uh, yeah you might kinda, be right kind of like focus in on it Right. Um, well, being that being that there's so few Valyrian steel weapons in existence, I think that all of them have been chronicled. Uh, so yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't be that surprising that it would be in uh, in a book like that. Although that's interesting, I'll, I'm gonna have to check back up on that scene. I mean, I don't... it would have to be awful coincidence. I mean, it's a show. There's a reason why yes, we saw Sam moments before he's learning about the dragon glass and then writing to John. He also sees this Valyrian steel dagger. To me, again, I'm fairly certain that's the same one. Yeah. You know what? I mean, even though Littlefinger gave it, it or rather, even though Bran gave it to Arya, and now it's kind of like everyone's theory that Arya is going to kill someone important with it, for some reason, I feel like its true significance lies with the White Walkers. Yeah. Somehow. With John, possibly the, the Night King. Maybe killing. it belonged to the original Night King. Who know? Who knows? It could have belonged to. Um, well, I'm thinking more so that he may be killed with it at yeah. the hands of someone like Jon Snow. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see about that. So what else happened in Winterfell? Well, um, yeah, this weird scene kind of happened. Uh, there were the Mira was trying to 
talked to Brand about her leaving, and it, it was just a really awkward scene. That was really sad. I just yeah. felt bad for her, you know, because I, I mean, this they've been on this journey for for years together. Yeah. So they have been just them two. Well, obviously her brother was there for Georgian. part of it, but for a large right for a large portion of it, it was just them two. So can you imagine spending years with one person, and all of a sudden this person who's been your life for the last few years it has totally changed and in a sense is sort of dead like and, that must be devastating and you'd have to think you know it's a male and female together for that long they they must have or have somehow had a deeper bond even than just friends like that's the only other you know partner you have you'd have to suppose that she feels that like connection to him at one point and for him just to be well, to be gone are you talking about like a sort of romance sort I, of way? I, I guess I mean romance, but in the sense that like she's she was his only other like person that was yeah. like on the level. You know what I mean? Especially I see, when yeah, I see it more as like an older sister or a mother son sort of relationship mm-hmm. because um, she was older than you know a lot older than him when he. I mean, he was really a little kid when we first saw yeah, him run off with her, and she was older or sort of seemed like she was maybe a teenager. So I always saw, saw it sort of as like a mother son or like a nurturing caretaker uh, situation. But regardless of that, they became best friends and they've gone through this incredible journey together. So it's kind of sad to see her leaving, but also curious about right. the fact that she's now going home right. and her father is Howland Reed, who, as we know, was with Ned Stark when he discovered his sister, Lyanna, had just given birth to Jon Snow. So right. his, uh, so Mira's father, Helen Reed, is possibly one of the only other people out there who knows about who Jon's true parents are. And I'm curious whether the show will now follow, uh, follow Mira back to her home village, and we're going to now see the introduction of her father as a potential character. That would be kind of cool. So the, the seat of House Reed, uh, sworn to the Starks, they have their keep isn't in one place from what i understand it doesn't stay in one place i guess it 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 is it's like a on floating like, yeah floating keep it's on a marsh or a pond or a yes like a flotilla or something like that and it, it makes it impossible often uh to find that's where the reeds are. we haven't seen anything from the reeds i don't know did you see anything from the reeds in the battle of the five think- kings like did they Take banners with. I don't uh, even think we've ever met a Reed, aside from Mira and her brother. I don't, I'm right. not sure they've ever introduced any other characters from that family in the flashback. That's it, right? That's it. So that, I mean, on top of the fact that we've never met her father, and that would be a really interesting character to see. I also think that their home would be visually an amazing set to see yeah. on the show. So I, I really hope that they do that. I would love to see that. Not, not only that, why were Jojen and Mira ranging together kind of randomly, but when they ran into uh, Rickon and Brandon? And, well, uh, they weren't they weren't ra- ranging randomly. They were looking for them. Oh, that's right. Did they get a, a call? Yeah, because or her her brother had visions. Yeah, her her brother had had a calling. That's her brother right. knew everything. Kind of, it was it was kind of implied that he even knew that he was going to die. He had foreseen it, right. um, and he knew that this journey was going to end his life. But he still knew that he needed to do it uh, for the future of, I guess, mankind. So uh, he brought her out, 
uh, with him, and they went out looking f- specifically looking for Bran, and they found him. So that was Is, isn't it odd happened. that uh, Jojen, the son of Howland, and Brandon, the son of uh, Ned, both have these visions, uh, you know, to varying degrees. And, you know, those two men were the only two that knew about John's two parentage. Like, it's just kind of it's just kind of interesting parallel. Yeah, that is definitely. But anyway, moving on, let's talk about let's talk about some Jon Snow and some Daenerys because there's so much that happened with them. Yeah, I was excited to see. Did you notice uh, which I actually did not while I was watching the episode, but I was reminded of it after doing some research online that there is a, a big parallel with what Jon Snow is going through right now with Daenerys versus what he previously went through in prior seasons with Mance Raider. Mm-hmm. Jon begged Mance to bend the knee to Stannis for the good of the of all of his people and for the survival of all of Mance's people, but Mance refused to out of principle because he knew his people would never follow anyone but him because of their terrible experiences with prior quote-unquote kings of Westeros. And now Jon kind of finds himself in Mance's shoes, where Daenerys is demanding him to bend the knee to her the same way that he did to Mance, and he won't do it because he knows his people won't support a southerly ruler. So he finds himself in the same position that he previously put someone in. And um, in fact, I think there's the exact line that Daenerys uses in the episode is something that he had previously said to Mance, like, are you really going to let your pride, so it's along the lines of, are you really going to let your pride get in the way of uh, their survival of your people? Right. Right. He, she appealed to him on the sense that like, Hey, your people chose you. You're not there because you know, you're not going to do something that's bad for your people just because they love you. They chose you. They want to follow you. And then, he says they followed me because they respected me and because they believed in me. Um, you know, I guess that's exactly what Mance was saying. Mance was saying you know, the moment that I kneel for a Southern King that evaporates, that's all gone. Right. Um, you know, the, so the, could this be foreshadowing of what's to happen if John I, decides I to I bend think it's the less knee. foreshadowing rather it's learning lessons. At the end of the day, Mance, yes, he did have the his best, uh, you know, he, he saw the situation. He knew if he bent the knee that they would all leave. But at the end of the day, Mance chose somewhat of a selfish position, knowing that, hey, they wouldn't follow him anymore. You know, maybe they would have all disbanded and it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But you could argue that Mance chose pride. Yeah. You know, so maybe this won't be foreshadowing per se for John, but maybe it's more like I saw what happens to uh, would be kings who, you know, don't heed good advice or don't do the smart thing uh, for the good of their people. So maybe not so much foreshadowing, but more lesson learning. Right. Or I could see technically, I mean, Mance took his pride or quote unquote pride. I'm not, I mean, maybe it is what he really thought uh, would be true for his people that they would never bend the knee. Uh, He took that to the grave when he, when he died, he died still refusing to bend the knee to Stannis. And what ended up actually happening with his people is they sort of reached this compromise where they agreed to not necessarily bend the knee to Stannis, but for the sake of their survival to, 
fight alongside his forces um, because they knew they had to. So could you possibly see a situation where for John and Daenerys, maybe there's a middle ground sort of solution where he won't really bend the knee to her and give her everything, but there will be some sort of compromise like yeah, in order for his people to just maybe fight alongside her, but not agree to really call her their queen ultimately. I mean, at the end of the day, I think there's only one way to solve that. And then to have that compromise as that coming together of equals. And I think that has to come through marriage, through the yes. tying together of houses. Like, you know, yeah. I, I did think there was some chemistry there in the cave that was natural. So yes. leaving that aside, the romantic part aside, from a political standpoint, their two houses joining and becoming equals, maybe she would even be, you know, maybe a little bit higher than her, than, than John, I mean, than him. Uh, to me, that would be the only way to kind of appease the North. And also, I mean, so another problem Daenerys has, besides the fact that she's losing allies, is she doesn't have a clear heir. And for these houses to be comfortable with her leadership and her monarchy, I think they're going to want to be in a position where there's a clear line of secession because that has been a significant problem in this. But wasn't story. it, wasn't it prophesized that she was never again going to have children? Oh wait, actually, didn't we talk about this before? And you guys told me that that was only, well, was like only an Essos or something. The prophecy some sort of prophecy said about, about like until, the sun rises in the west and sets in the east. And there was a couple other clauses in there also. Okay. So it's not clear whether she is able to have children right. again. The, what's se. the interpretation of that prophecy? Right. Does that prophecy mean sun, like the son of, of a Targaryen? Could that mm. be John rising in the west? Who knows? It, it could be taken oh, yeah. as literal right. or as figuratively as possible. Right. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on the on the whole marriage thing. Obviously, they, it seems like they're setting up the show for that to happen, and people have been thinking that's thinking that this might happen, theorizing about it, and discuss, discussing it uh, for years uh, do, because of the books and the show prior to to this season. Um, I, I do think it's important to remember that if they weren't to get married. I, I don't think that she has any chance of ever yeah. getting the support from the North. Because... There's too much to overcome. There's too much bad blood in between their families that's happened over the past few decades. Right. So we can't forget that this is Daenerys's father murdered Ned's father and his older brother. Right. So all of the Northmen's liege lord and heir, the number one heir to Winterfell were murdered by by the Mad King, her father. Um, in a very brutal way, he, um, it's kind of an interesting story, so I'll just tell it real quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For yeah, anyone who uh, hasn't read the books, uh, when Rhaegar, Daenerys' brother, kidnapped Lyanna. In quotes, kidnapped. Quote, unquote, kidnapped, because right. that's not clear. Who knows? Uh, Ned's brother, Brandon, went to King's Landing uh, to demand Rhaegar's arrest for his sister Lyanna's kidnapping. And instead, King Aerys uh, ransomed Brandon, Brandon to his father, Rickard Stark. And so Rickard comes to King's Landing uh, to try to get his son back, and King Aerys arrested him as well. 
and uh, Rickard Stark demanded a, cr- a trial by combat, and the Mad King declared fire as his champion. And he ended up in front of a crowd of people, uh, I guess, lighting Rickard on on fire. And then he had Brandon, his son, uh, was sort of attacked with some sort of strangulation device with a longsword mm-hmm. a few feet away. And so he had the, the opportunity or quote opportunity to save his father from burning if he were to get his hands on this longsword but every time he inched closer to the longsword he ended up choking suffocating himself more and so he died while his father burned next to him so for the north to be able to forgive the targaryens for that i mean that that's pretty bad i mean the north remembers and i just don't think that i mean this this whole war the Roberts Rebellion stemmed out of that happening. Right. So the, the hatred of Targaryens by the Northmen is pretty intense. So we right. can't really forget that. It's not just the fact that the North has had it with Southern leaders and they're just so over this war. It's also the fact that they have this huge vendetta specifically Very against... bad blood, right. Right, specifically against the Targaryens. I don't, so I don't, the, I don't think sorry, Daenerys really understands that. I mean, I could be wrong. But I don't think she really understands. She knows in a general sense her father, King Aerys, was a terrible man. And she said that multiple times. But I don't think she really understands how it feels like you yeah. know, to have been in that position. And she's Daenerys is pressing pretty hard on Jon. But I don't, think, I don't think she's even in the right to press that hard. You know what I mean? Because I don't think she really appreciates what she's asking of him. No, she she doesn't, and uh, I I know that she was supposedly educated with uh, historical records about this house and that house and what happened right. to her family and this and that. But she doesn't know anything about what it's like to live in Westeros, and she really right. has a disconnect from the Northern people because they're just kind of their own breed up there. And I really don't think she understands them at all, or uh, who their allegiances are to, and why. They would not immediately support her. She just comes in and thinks, oh, I have this great claim. How could everyone not support me? I'm the true heir. And she doesn't realize all of the other stuff that happened in between that is causing them to feel this way. So going back to the whole marriage thing, that kind of seems like the only the only possible chance that the North has of supporting even uh, supporting her and supporting John. Even then, that's still a stretch for. Uh, you know, you think of you just put your let's pretend your house Glover, for example, just a random house in the north. You know, yeah. would you accept that? Like John goes away. He comes back, you know, accepted marriage with Daenerys. I don't know. To me, even that seems far fetched. Like, obviously, that's the right, best political solution. But even that's hard to swallow for them. Right. Like he just left a Northman and then he's what going to come back and be like, hey, guys, here's my new wife. Right. Queen of Dragons. Oh, and by the and by the way, that puts me in line for the th- to you know be on the throne also. So I'm going down right. south, and you guys, you know, who's leading them? Sansa. Then, then again, this whole world do, does seem to have a high respect for marriage because they're they're constantly yeah, doing things true. like that, like marrying two people from opposing houses just to bring the houses together. So I think these people are sort of used to it. So maybe they'll have a little bit more respect for a marriage than we're, we're kind of thinking like it seems awkward to us but maybe to them it'll be like all right you know this is his wife now we kind of have to accept this as long as he's still uh their leader in a, in a way here's, here's a question for you it's kind of like question one and question one a yes you know will we will the characters find out that john is targaryen 
and I guess two, three questions. Who will know about it? Who will find out? And what will happen when people find out? Well, I'm, I was really hoping that the reveal was going to happen this season, but now that we only have three, do we have three episodes left or four episodes left? Three, There's seven, right? Not four, eight. Yeah. yeah. So we, right. So we only have three episodes left. So now I'm kind of having this bad feeling that it's not going to happen this season, that it's not going to be until next season, which I'm really disappointed about. <laughs> uh, so never know in terms of who's going to, I guess you never know, but I, I just, for some reason feel like. If you think of it this way, there's only 10 episodes left total in the whole series. So do right. you think they'll wait on that even more? You know, well, you know, 10 left sounds like a good time. And you, But, you know, here's another point. We're all assuming that the second John gets back to the wall or back to Winterfell, uh, rather, that he's going to immediately be informed about this because of Bran. But with new Bran being the way he is, he's not necessarily going to be running over to John and being like, oh, hey, guess what I found out? You know, because Bran might have another plan mm. that we don't know about. He did say, yes, uh, John, I need to speak with him. We, I guess we're oh. assuming it meant the whole Targaryen thing, but it could be something else completely. Yeah. Well, unless he tells him, it's still going to remain a secret. So, Unless he tells him in a different way, like gives him a clue. He's, he's like, uh, <laughs> hey, oh, that would be so R plus L equals J, and he <laughs> leaves it there, and he's like, hmm, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's gonna happen. But that would be funny. Like after all this, all this waiting, Bran just doesn't tell him. He makes him figure it out with yeah. a complex, you know, amount of puzzles. <laughs> I mean, what what would happen when the Northmen, the Lords of the North, find out that he's a Targaryen? What will the reaction be? They've they've sworn allegiance to him as king. It's not like they. Can, it's not like take backsies. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a contingency. Well, like, oh, by the way, if we find out you're a Targaryen. We take it back. Well, they're finding out he's a Targaryen, but they're also finding out that he's a Stark. I mean, he's half Targaryen, half Stark. So that's, I mean, it's not like he's, there's a big difference between that and and a full Targaryen. And if they're willing to declare a bastard the king in the north, I'm pretty sure they'll, in my mind, be willing to accept the fact that he might be half of, you know, the, the yeah. house that was ruling at the time. Because, uh, I mean, pledging your allegiance to a bastard in this sort of setting is a big deal. I mean, that's looking past a lot for these sorts of people. I think the solution to kind of the awkwardness about the whole Targaryen thing will have to be, you know, the dragons or Valyrian steel or, you know, the dragon glass. Um, Daenerys's help, essentially in beating the white walkers. I think that is what will turn their hearts to her. You know, that that's what else would there be? You know, what, what else could she do for them? Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So here's another thing that, uh, I thought was interesting that everyone seems to be talking about. It's kind of unrelated. Well, related to Daenerys, but unrelated to the Targaryen thing. Uh, it's like, there's a lot of buzz about the community and the internet about the fact that someone is going to betray Daenerys soon or is already betraying Daenerys and who this person possibly is because there was, if you recall, the prophecy from prior seasons uh, that was made to Daenerys about how she was going to be betrayed three times. And so we're still waiting for some of this betrayal to happen. 
And so there's been all the speculation about who who are the three treasons and who are the three betrayers, and uh, it's not really definite who they are. But mm-hmm. some of the some of the people that have been discussed as possible betrayers are uh, Illyrio for selling her to Khal Drogo in the first place. Right. Uh, then there's the witch who did the the magic on Khal Drogo and resulted in him becoming a vegetable and so that could have been a betrayal yeah those are two options that have been uh discussed and then there's jora who betrayed her to uh by essentially spying on her for the first portion of his service to her um but a lot of people think that there's still a betrayal that will happen or is currently happening to her right now so some of the ones online or in the community that people seem to be discussing as possible betrayals are as we've discussed in prior podcasts possibly dario naharis right. might be the betrayal uh for for love or, or or for gold potentially because now that cersei seems to be looking for armies out in essos to fight for her it's possible that dario uh might go and join her because he feels sort of betrayed by daenerys for abandoning right. him in marine uh so who else do you think possible people that well, this prophecy might fit. I, I don't really... I, it's worth mentioning. It's not the one I think it's going to be. Um, it could be Tyrion. Tyrion, you know, we saw you know, on the battlefield uh, when they were uh, raiding the loot train. Um, you saw him, he was kind of rooting, he was rooting for his own side, but he could definitely tell he had an emotional response to... Um, Jamie's role in that battle you know he still loves his brother he didn't want his brother to get killed in fact uh you know when his brother's about to attack Daenerys he's like saying no you idiot and saying like no go away I want you to I want you to survive this so maybe hmm. somehow you know maybe Jamie's captured like... by them and Jamie kind of convinces Tyrion to rejoin the Lannisters somehow but I, I don't I mean... think you could bridge the gap between Tyrion and Cersei that's the problem Right, yeah, I I do think that Jamie's going to be captured by them, but for some reason, I, I see Tyrion as too much of a, a good character to betray her at this point, and his his family has done him so much injustice that I feel like he truly believes in Daenerys, and he's too much of a true person to be yeah. someone that's going to betray her. So the big one that people are talking about right now, and there's a lot of things on YouTube about it. In fact, I spent a night um, going on a rabbit hole with this. Is varies. Yes. We don't really know Definitely. what motivates him. He said on a number of occasions, like, what is it you care about? He said the realm, like in a very general sense, a number of times. And then he also said, you know, I care about the people. He said that to Daenerys's face this time around, you know, a mm-hmm. couple episodes back. Um, but the it's way too convenient that, you know, they made a point to show that scene. Um, you know, I promise you, if you turn on me, you will be burned. And she's like, right. I wouldn't expect anything less. Like, it was like, right. okay, like, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. This, and uh, yeah, there was ahead. also the scene, no, I was going to say, there was also the scene of, obviously, him with Melisandre, who pretty much foreshadowed his imminent yeah. death. Maybe not imminent, but that it would be happening. Uh, so between that and the fact that Daenerys... She, threatened him to his face that she would burn him alive if he ever betrayed her 
and the fact that his his allegiances have always been sketchy and unclear yeah uh it's kind of it's a high likelihood that he's betraying her right now unless there was also a scene and uh in one of the older seasons i forget who it was but it was, it was back when Varys was in King's Landing, and he was in the throne room. I, I believe it was actually o- Oberyn. So I yes. think it was Oberyn Martell was with him, and Oberyn Martell asks him, and it's just them two in the, in the empty throne room. What is it you want? Right. What is it that you truly want? Right. And he doesn't. I don't think he answers. No, it's a verbally. nonverbal response. He it's a nonverbal he, response. He looks at the the Iron Throne and kind of like smirks. Right. Exactly. So he he might be playing this whole oh I'm I'm in it for the realm I'm my allegiances lie with the people which is a convenient response to give Daenerys but really he might just be as bad as Littlefinger in the sense that he's just trying to achieve power for himself. When this series first started, I saw Varys and Littlefinger as kind of two peas in a pod, kind of both cut from the same cloth. Two, I mean, they were both on the small council back then. Um, but they were both kind of conniving. They both had their sources. They both like worked their angles in a way that nobody else did. And I actually kind of thought back then I didn't quite understand them. I thought they were friends for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, but, well, they they sort of played and bantered as if they were, um, and I think right. they sort of were even on like a very shallow level. Uh, but ultimately, you didn't really know who whose allegiances lied with who, and that that was a very in- interesting part of this whole series was those first few seasons when you had all these players in King's Landing. You had Grandmaster Pycelle, Littlefinger, Varys, all characters who you had no idea who they, who, who their true, I mean, what their true intentions were and who they really were supporting. So uh, we still, it's interesting that we still, to this day, kind of are unclear about that with both of them. We're still kind of like, uh, what do they want? We're what do they really want? Seven well, seasons we, later, trying to figure out exactly what they're doing. Right, exactly. So an- another reason why I think Varys might be betraying Daenerys is it's just a little bit sketchy that Cersei seemed like she knew that they were all about Tyrion's plan to take Casterly Rock and the fact that they were neglecting Highgarden. Right. And yes, you could play that off as, oh, she knows her brother and she knows the way he would think, but it was a little bit convenient that everything just played out so perfectly with his plan. It, it just seems like right. someone was there whispering in her ear, telling them what was going on in Daenerys's war council. I mean, maybe it was Jamie's idea that to, you know, to leave Cassidy rock as bait and go right after Highgarden. But the point is that it was kind of Cersei's idea that she needed to get that gold to repay the iron bank at Bravo. So it seemed like to be a bigger plan there. Yeah. And also, you know, who else would have known the exact, you know, itinerary for Yara's fleet, where she would be, yeah, and when. Once, right. Once again, a little bit too convenient that Yara knew exactly where to expect Yara's fleet and where to find Delarius and without right. really How even. How can he trying. always be in the right place at the right time? Also, he shows right. up at Castle Rock. Right. So all of this put together kind of seems like there's a potential snitch on Daenerys's team, and Varys is the obvious conclusion from that so i think there's a uh, a high likelihood that he's betraying daenerys so he could be one of the one of the people that's prophesized to be some people were saying missande could have been the person but i i, I can't imagine, no. I, can't imagine. I, I feel like they haven't even put enough 
weight into her character. John, for John it to be. our John, hates Miss Sande for whatever reason. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. It doesn't make any sense. She's really no, I think, yeah, no, I think I think she's a good person. I don't think she would do that. Yeah, uh, there's one other person that I thought of that might be the person that is going to betray Daenerys, but I, I kind of you know I don't have how I don't know how I feel about this theory, but Jorah, because even though he's shown this immense love for her. Can you imagine if he returns to Daenerys' side, finally healed from this whole bout of grayscale, only to find out that she's married to Jon Snow, yeah, the man whose father exiled him from Westeros years ago? And not only that, but Jon is now carrying the Valyrian steel sword that should have belonged to him, right? that belonged to his house and his family. So... That might be kind of like a cruel reminder to him of his own failures. Jorah is, you know, people joke about him being in the friend zone. Like, how could he ever expect, I don't know, like, Daenerys would be interested in him. Like, I I never understood that. Like, maybe it's just like that whole, like, older man thing. I just, I didn't, (laughs) I just, I honestly, I don't, I don't really understand it. Um I get why I he pledges himself to her because he was like, you know, whatever. But I just didn't see like why he would believe that that would be reciprocated. Maybe that's just blind love. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he does believe believe that there's a chance. I don't, I don't think he's ever really believed that there was a chance. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to try. I guess. I or he know. wouldn't. Be I mean, he has made back. he has made passes at her and, uh, and stuff so maybe he does think that there's some slim chance and that could lead to him being kind of destroyed if he does return to her and realize that john has sort of essentially stolen her away so i don't know i'm we, we really don't know what's going to happen with him when he returns to her side i'd, I mean, I'd like to think that he's going to return to being her loyal servant and you know love her and treat her well but uh, you really don't know but with once, this show. once jorah finds out that sam loves john like samuel loves john and you know jorah owes himself to sam also like maybe that would kind of oh yeah that's some true. of that anger Who oh knows? yeah forgot about sam yeah that could be yeah jorah i think is one of the most tragic figures i mean I mean, you could talk about theon we could talk about other characters but jorah yeah, really to me is. is just like ah right because theon it's uh, i mean it's tragic and you feel pity for him but also he's done such terrible things that you kind of feel like he deserves it a little bit. Whereas Jorah, knowing his backstory, he really hasn't deserved the life that he's been given. So right. I, I do feel for Jorah. And he did receive the pardon from the crown. You right. Know, that, that's the reason he betrayed uh, Daenerys to begin Daenerys with. Daenerys originally. Right. Yeah. The, the one bad thing that he has done was the betrayal of Daenerys, but that was kind of before he knew her. And so I'm kind of willing to give him a pass on that. Whereas Theon, I mean, come on, you you murdered so many people, and people. you yeah. <laughs> exactly you essentially like murdered your family. So I don't really have as much pity for him. He learned but, arms yeah. from uh, the master at arms of Winterfell, and he had him killed. So I, uh, yeah, awful. Yeah, that was terrible. All right, so we talked about quite a bit. Uh, we talked about. Winterfell. We talked about Dragonstone and everything going on there. What are you interested in seeing next episode? Or what are you expecting to see? I'm expecting to see a little bit more communication with Winterfell with and John. Like they have the ability to communicate through Ravens. 
Um, I'm hoping there's a little bit more communication between John and Sam. Uh, you know, like I just, if we could get looped in, if, you know, John can looped in what happened with Jorah maybe. And then, you know, forward word on to Daenerys. And then also, um, that John would find out that Brandon is home and that Arya's home. Um, mm-hmm. and just kind of everything that's going on in Winterfell. I'd like to see more of that. Right. I am looking forward to seeing the repercussions of the battle on Cersei. Yes. I want to see what her, yeah. yeah, I definitely want to see what her reaction is. Um, I'm, I also really want to see the fate of Jamie. I seems like we all kind yeah. of think that he's going to be taken prisoner, uh, by Daenerys with along with possibly Bronn or whoever it was that saved him, which I'm pretty sure was Bronn. Uh, so that is going to be an interesting reunion between him and Tyrion because he loves Tyrion, but he hates Tyrion because Tyrion killed his dad. So I I'm excited to see all that. Do you think now that Bran has for all intents and purposes, uh, fulfilled her vow to Catelyn Stark and, you know, pod said that very specifically, Hey, you kept your vow. Good job. It's fulfilled. And she's kind of just brushes it off. Do you think that'll get in her head now that she, maybe she'll find out that Jamie is captured and maybe she'll try to beg for his life? She loves yeah. Jamie. Maybe. I, I, I would love to see something happen between her and him. Uh, and by something happen, I mean just some sort of uh, meeting of them once again. So that, to, nothing to romantic. End that sort of <laughs> nothing, nothing romantic. A more about, no, nothing a little bit more. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I would like to see them reunite. Maybe uh, she'll put her a cool like silver stormtrooper outfit on. <laughs> and, you know. But also, in regards to the oath thing, it's like yes, her oath was fulfilled that she was going to find them and bring them to safety and whatnot. But I think she also just swore an oath to protect them. So right. I think now she's going to stay she by gave her side. Life to Sansa. Yeah. Right. So I think she's she's just going to be someone much like uh what's his name the wilding dude torment you know just who's just a, a northern what's going on up there character well, that's right uh, torment and brand shipping forgot, oh, about, yeah, that. I totally forgot about that <laughs> yeah that'll be funny wow we actually haven't seen torment for a while i mean we're gonna see something big i think that's the other thing i was gonna say something east botched by the sea it's going to be featured prominently. We, we're going to see Tormund there. We're going to see the Wildings there. We're going to see the Night King there, potentially. Maybe by that point, John will be back. Maybe Daenerys will be there with dragons. Right. Um, maybe, oh, we know that, well, we presume that Thoris of Mir is going to be there with the Hound and with uh, Beric and Darien and the rest of the Brotherhood Without Banners. It could be a significant gathering point. Who knows? Maybe Jamie will even be there um, if he's captured. So, I, well, I think it could be like a main focal point for the end of the season. Right. Yeah. I definitely see that as being, uh, I definitely see a big n- wall and white Walker sort of finale to this season, but there were, uh, in, in the previews for next week's episode, I think there was some scenes possibly that were taking place up there as well. So maybe see, there'll they, be some they more. tease that out. You know, those previews are not quite as they seem because we saw a little bit of, uh, Beric and Darian lighting up the sword in a, a lot of ways, like Lightbringer. Um, but we saw that, that we saw that, that in a preview like a while back. I thought. And well, that was that, for, that, that was a preview for the whole season. But in terms of okay. what's what's on next week, sort of thing, I think they're pretty on par with actually showing up uh, clips from what's going to be on the next episode. So in this last what's on next week preview, there was. I'm not sure if there's actually scenes of Eastwatch by the Sea or if it was just. 
someone saying, oh, Bran's having visions that yeah. the walkers are coming upon East Watch by the Sea. But it's possible that we're going to see some of those characters again, which I hope we do because it, it hasn't been since the first episode, I think, that we've seen the Hound and yeah. and all that. So, yeah, hopefully that happens. But, yeah. We should have, talk about how religion affects uh, these characters. Maybe in our next follow-up episode, a week from now, we'll talk about that. We, there's the... There's the uh, seven. There's the you know Rolor and the Lord of Light. They're talking right. about the Drawn God. They talk about you know the God in the North, the old gods or the mm-hmm. the Godswood. It seems to be a little bit of truth that's coming out from each of them. Well, maybe not the seven, but a little bit that's happening. Maybe they all tie in together somehow. Who knows? Maybe oh, they're a little all, bit. Yeah. Maybe they're all the same God under maybe. different names. There's yeah. the uh, the House of the Black and White and. The, yeah the, the no name god or you know there's a ton of them. all right yes there are cool well yeah. thank you guys for listening in we appreciate it again yep. uh, john we miss you we're looking forward to uh this next sunday's episode, episode and we're looking forward to uh recording another podcast for you guys